Uh, bienvenue, Madame la Ministre de Toronto, and welcome to the Canadian Club. We're looking forward to your thoughts today on two interrelated subjects, Canada's changing demographics and the state of our old age security system. Friends, as you'll know, on the 29th of January, when he was in Davos, the Prime Minister mused that he would make changes necessary to ensure OAS sustainability for the next generation. This uh, put Minister Finlay as Minister responsible for human resources and skills development squarely in the hot corner of Canadian public policy. Il y a deux semaines, les récents recensements ont révélé les déplacements de population, mais un vieillissement de la population au Canada. Change is never easy, even more challenging, especially when it's in areas where there is a feeling of entitlement, and that's where it gets uh, quite problematic. Il fait du courage politique pour aller au-delà de, de l'horizon et de faire ce qui est nécessaire pour les générations futures. But hopefully we're now at a stage where the old constructs of right and left are giving way to doing what's right for future generations. Le débat a été raccordé au point de vue sur tous les côtes de cette question. Ms. Finley has represented the constituency of Haldeman Norfolk since 2004 and is in her second round as Minister of Human Resources and Skills Development. She's married to Doug Finley, a Canadian Senator and former Political Operations Chief for the Conservative Party. And Ms. Finley is the only woman at the government's key cabinet, com cabinet committee table on priorities and planning. Madame la Ministre, vous avez la parole. Hello, good afternoon and bonjour. Good afternoon and bonjour. <laughs> that's, that's better. Please don't, I know the chocolate was really good, but uh, don't let the sugar rush turn into a sugar crash, okay? And I'll try to keep you awake as well. I really am delighted to be here today, and John and uh, Jamie, thank you so very much for including me. I, this is very special. And although the work that we do in the House of Commons is important for the country, I really have to say that I do love escaping once in a while and getting out to see this great country of ours, um, mainly because when I do that, I get to listen to Canadians. And that's so important. And uh, there's never a lack of topics, but it is truly one of the, the great bonuses of my job. And it really does make a difference because you get to hear what they're saying, what's important to them, and what we need to do in response. So it's great to see all of you here this afternoon. And um, also, particularly the, the two groups of students, thanks so very much for coming. And thank you to the sponsors of today's agenda for including them. The, uh, I really hope that all of you will realize just how, how hard our government is working to make sure that Canada is left even stronger and better, particularly for you students, by the time that you're old enough to govern our country and run our countries, or run our companies. So uh, welcome to you, and this does involve you, maybe a little bit further down the road than you'd thought, but you're definitely 
in our thoughts. Ladies and gentlemen, unless you've been on a, under a rock or perhaps in a warmer climate, as would be obviously preferable this time of year, you've undoubtedly been hearing a lot of discussion about Canada's population. And much of that has focused on the need to make old age security sustainable and to ensure that it's there when you need it. And I'll get that into that in just a few minutes. But after all, it's not enough to define a solution if no one really understands what the problem is. Well, here's the problem, plain and simple. Canada is aging. We're getting older. And of course, I'd like to say that we're timeless and classic, but, well, there's hope. But let's look at the facts quickly. Average life expectancy is increasing in Canada. In 1970, the average 65-year-old could expect to live until 81 years of age. Today, that has increased by four years to 85. Now, at the same time as people are living longer, our birth rate has been falling. And now, the biggest generation in Canadian history, the baby boomers, has started retiring. Last year, the first baby boomers turned 65. And as we boomers continue to retire over the next decade and a half, the number of seniors in this country will grow dramatically. En fait, d'ici 1030, pour la première fois, il y aura davantage de gens de plus de 65 ans que de moins de 14 ans. Au cours des deux prochaines années, le nombre d'années doublera. Par conséquent, on prévoit que la proportion des Canadiens en âge de travailler passera de 4 pour 1 en 2011 à 2 pour 1 en 2030. point de vue de l'économie, du marché du travail et des programmes sociaux. In fact, by 2030, for the first time ever, we will have more people age 65 than under the age of 14. Over the next two decades, the number of seniors will virtually double. As a result, the ratio of working age Canadians to seniors is expected to fall from four to one, which it is now in 2012, to two to one in 2030. Now these trends present very clear challenges to our economy, to our labor market, and to our social programs. This reality of an aging population is not exclusive to Canada. According to the United Nations, in 2005, 10% of the world's population was 60 years or older. In 2050, that portion is expected to reach 22%. But the fact of the matter is that this trend has a bigger impact in developed countries like Canada. Today, we rank 27th on the list of countries in terms of average age. By 2030, Canada is projected to be the 11th oldest country in the world and 8th oldest of the 34 OECD countries. Now, this is a very significant change in a very short period of time. If we want to succeed, 
and indeed when, we have to adopt, adapt to population aging. And that starts now, right now. In other words, we need to approach the future on our toes, not on our heels. There's no question that the aging of our population is forcing us to reevaluate re our policies and programs. We have to examine the programs that we have in place right now to see how they can better contribute to job creation for Canadians of all ages and to our economic growth. Now, many of you may think that we're doing relatively well through the economic downturn. And you'd be right, relatively well. Canada is one of only two G7 countries that have recouped all of the jobs that were lost during the global recession. And in fact, there are now more Canadians working than before the downturn. And that's wonderful. But this is no time to rest on our laurels. We now have to adjust to a new reality as the boomers start to leave the labour force. We'll need to ensure that our government has the fiscal room to meet the various needs of an aging population without putting an undue tax burden on the younger generation. Il faut également faire face à des pénuries sans précédent de main-d'œuvre et de talent. Il apparaît de plus en plus essentiel de trouver de façon novatrice d'apporter du sang neuf pour s'ajuster au rythme avec lequel les personnes qui vieillissent quitteront le marché du travail. We will also need to face unprecedented labour and skill shortages. And it's becoming increasingly crucial to find innovative ways to bring in fresh talent to counter the rate at which our aging population will be leaving the workforce. In fact, for quite some time now, we've seen labour and skill shortages in different regions of the country and in different industry sectors. As was stated in the National Post on January 31st, quote, where once we worried about finding jobs for unemployed workers, in the future, our concern will be finding enough workers to fill the jobs." End quote. Now, responding effectively to our aging population means that we have to be creative, and we have to be willing to acknowledge head-on when change is necessary to ensure that the social programs that Canadians treasure will be there when they need them. And of course, that includes old age security, or as we more commonly know it, OAS. I'm going to pause there for a moment because it's time for Retirement Income 101, just the crash course. Now, you might think that I've been taking this show on the road, and you'd be right. It's been a daily feature of the House of Commons, especially during question period, because the opposition clearly need some remedial training. So I'll try to make it really simple. There are three pillars to retirement income in Canada. The first is OAS. The second is the Canada Pension Plan. And the third is personal savings, including personal savings through tax-free savings accounts, registered retirement savings plans, as well as employer pension plans. And soon, this will include pooled retirement pension plans. Now ideally, the combination of the three pillars 
is meant to ensure that seniors have a standard of living similar to what they had when they were working. Let's start with the third pillar, just to mix things up a bit. Many of you in this room know, and students, this is time to pay attention, that Canadians are not sufficiently planning and saving for their retirement. In 2008, only 30% of Canadians had a registered retirement pension plan, and 60% of Canadians did not have a workplace pension plan. Our government is doing something about that. We're bolstering efforts to educate Canadians about retirement savings. And in fact, Budget 2011 committed $3 million a year, in addition to the $2 million per year the Financial Consumer, Consumer Agency of Canada receives, to undertake financial literacy initiatives. But just as important as the awareness are the tools for support. Our government introduced the tax-free savings account, which allows people to accumulate tax-free earnings on savings for retirement. We also introduced legislation to implement pooled registered pension plans, which will offer Canadians a new, low-cost and accessible pension option to help meet their retirement goals. That's not all. We've reduced taxes for seniors by introducing pension income splitting and increasing the age tax credit. As a result of these and other tax reductions, we've eliminated federal income tax for 380,000 low-income seniors. Now these are just a few of the actions that we've taken to help Canadians save for their retirement. And now, the favourite topics of late, CPP and OAS. Canada Pension Plan is based on contributions. You work and you and your employer contribute to the CPP. The short story is that the CPP is rock solid and according to the Chief Actuary will be rock solid for at least 75 years. It's an international model for sound structure, for good governance and long-term stability. Major changes to the CPP were made in the late 1990s to align it with the new realities of an aging population, and that's why it's in such good shape today. The Old Age Security Program, however, is quite a different story. First of all, it's not available just to those who work, but to all people who've been residents of Canada for at least 10 years out of the last 40. And there's a big difference in the funding. Unlike CPP, which has a dedicated reserve, OAS is paid from the current year's tax dollars. There is no refer reserve fund. And yet it's ticking along as if things haven't changed demographically in the last 50 years. Toutefois, les gens vivent plus longtemps et retirent des prestations de la sécurité de la vieillesse sur une plus longue période. People are living longer, though, and they are collecting OAS benefits for a longer period of time. A person turning 65 today can expect to receive OAS for 20 years. That's four years longer than in 1970. Add to that that baby boomers are retiring in growing numbers, so we're going to have more people collecting OAS for a longer period of time. As a result, the total cost of benefits 
will be increasingly unsustainable for tomorrow's workers and taxpayers. And it's the next generations of Canadians who will have to shoulder the burden. The next generations who will have their own families to raise, their own mortgages to pay, their student and household debt to manage. OAS expenditures, which, by the way, are the single largest transfer that the federal government pays to Canadians, are projected to increase from $36 billion a year now to $108 billion by 2030. So the cost is going to go up dramatically. And while the supply of workers to keep our economy growing and our tax revenue strong is shrinking proportionately. Ladies and gentlemen, inaction <clears throat> is simply not an option. Something must be done. Nearly every OECD country has already taken steps to ensure the sustainability of their pension schemes, including the United States, Australia, United Kingdom, France, Germany, Sweden, and Japan. And whatever the opposition may believe, this is not a crisis that we invented. Our population is aging, the demographics are shifting, and it's very, very real. Il est clair que l'opposition ne s'intéresse pas à, à voir les choses à face. Il est clair que l'opposition ne s'intéresse pas à discuter de manière productive des défis et des possibilités à long terme pour le Canada. It's clear that the opposition is not interested in facing reality, and it's clear that they're not interested in proactively discussing Canada's long-term challenges and our opportunities. Their irresponsible approach to Canada's finances would put many cherished programs at risk. As one editorial recently said, the opposition party's efforts to panic Canadians are as disingenuous as they are dangerous. So let's be frank. We cannot allow ourselves to be pegged into a situation where we're faced with the choice between the country's financial security and our commitment to aging Canadians who have now who've worked long and hard to build this great nation. This government will not allow that to happen. Now, there have also been many debates on the notion of sustainability, and I'd like to take a moment to address that, if I may. Let me put that in a new context today. Everything is sustainable if we selfishly choose not to think beyond our own generation. Everything is sustainable if we pretend that other programs won't be affected by a grain Canada. Everything is sustainable if we decide to ignore a shrinking tax base to pay for our programs. And everything is sustainable if you believe that the solution is to massively increase taxes and or incur large structural deficits. By that definition, we could say that despite their current predicaments, the programs of many of our European friends are sustainable. I don't think I need to continue. I think that point is pretty clear, especially if you heard about Greece this morning. Now, government debt and inaction and complacency can choke an economy, as Canadians can see just by watching the news every day and looking abroad. Thanks to the strong economic leadership of our Prime Minister and the Minister of Finance, 
we do have the financial independence to make choices on our own terms. But I can't stress enough that if we want to continue to have choices, we need to start making responsible and prudent decisions today. Now, I'm sure that many of you have heard this from me many times over the past few weeks, but I'd like to reinforce once again that any changes being considered will not, I repeat, will not cost our current seniors a penny. I challenge you to walk away today and tell your older friends and family that I personally assure that there will be no changes for seniors currently collecting benefits, nor will there be any impact on anyone who is close to retirement. Any necessary changes will be made with a substantial notice period, allowing plenty of time for Canadians, and some of you are here today, to adjust your retirement planning accordingly and to prepare for your future. Permettez que je vous le confirme dès maintenant, notre gouvernement assurera la sécurité des prestations de retraite pour les années du Canada et les générations à venir. Let me confirm right now that our government will ensure the security of retirement benefits for Canadians and Canadian seniors today and for future generations. We owe it to future generations to leave a solid OAS program that is affordable and that reflects the demographic changes that are occurring in our country. I think it's also important to bluntly say that we would not be considering change for the sake of change. We're considering change because it's the, in the best interest of Canadians and of their families and of their futures. Now, it's a topic of great interest to Canadians. I'm hearing that loud and clear. And I have to tell you something. Canadians are getting it. They really are. Because once they have the chance to absorb the information and the facts and realize just how very different our country and our labour market will look in just a very few years, they understand. And of course, I'm also being asked regularly for details about what we're planning. And although policy hasn't yet been announced, I can tell you that I expect that the upcoming budget will ensure steps to protect retirement income. Now, as our Prime Minister has said, our government will make the changes necessary to sustain economic growth, job creation, and prosperity. Now, ladies and gentlemen, now is the time to ensure that Canada is indeed a country for all ages, for youth, for seniors, for our newcomers, and for all of us in between. Yes, we have our challenges. But just remember, 150 years ago, we had challenges. They were just different ones. And because of the commitment and vision of a small group of people, Canada became a country. Now fast forward to today, and that country is now a world leader. And to me, it's very simply the best place in the world. Here, we're given opportunity, we're given freedom, we're given the chance to work hard, to raise a family, and to make a better life. And now, we must look to tomorrow and prepare for it. Our government will make sure that Canada is left as a stronger and better place. A better, stronger place for Canadians today, 
and for the generations coming behind us, like the students who are with us today. Thank you. Merci. Thank you so much, Minister Finley, for being with us today and sharing your views on Canada's changing demographics and the sustainability of Canada's retirement programs. You mentioned some of, our, some of the challenges and facts that we face today. Things like increasing life expectancy, birth rate declining, baby boomers approaching retirement age, and in fact, in 10 years, you say number of seniors are going to double. But you're right when you say that we need to approach these issues and these challenges on our toes and not on our heels. Inaction is not an option. One of our hallmarks of this country is the social safety net we provide our citizens, be it in health care, social assistance, or in our programs for our seniors. It is vital that they remain sustainable and available for future generations. We know, Minister, that with you, your Cabinet colleagues, and the PM, we are in good hands and that we're on the right track. Minister, we thank you for your time today and we want to work with you in doing all of this on our behalf, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Minister. Well, thank you, John, and uh, thanks especially to you, Minister. Well, this concludes our television uh, programming today, which will be broadcast on Rogers in the days to come. Uh, the Canadian Club continues to be very appreciative to Rogers and 680 News for their continuing support of our club's activities. Thank you all very much for joining us. Lunch is now adjourned.